Welcome to episode 94 of Crack the Customer Code, where we help you as a business leader deliver amazing customer experiences. This episode is brought to you by Audible. With more than 180,000 titles, you can listen to all those books you've been meaning to read. Thanks to a special offer, listeners of this podcast can receive a 30-day free trial to experience for themselves. Sign up at audible.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and here I am with the master of fixing customer service disasters, <laughs> co-host, MC, Adam Toporek. You are truly winging it now. <laughs> no, this takes serious thought. <laughs> <laughs> we, are ru- we are running out of things to call me, I can see. <laughs> well, you can tell I was probably listening to hip-hop as I was doing this. <laughs> master MC, Adam Toporek. That's very nice. Maybe, no, you weren't listening to hip-hop, you were listening to Audible. Yeah, you know, the latest that I'm listening to is fantastic. It's The Virgin Way by Richard Branson. And it's not read by Richard, but it's read by a Brit (laughs) who has a really fun voice. And I'm really, really enjoying it. It's really a great book. So I highly recommend it. So for our listeners who want that free download, which they can get through our special link, that's a book I would recommend. Very good. Well, maybe I'll add some recommendations in future episodes. But right now, we are pretty darn excited to speak with our guest, Joseph Michelli, PhD, about his latest book, Driven to Delight. I absolutely love this book. It is great. And it's the story of Mercedes and their customer experience turnaround. Which is which is a really cool transformation and faster than a lot of people, I think, would think they were able to achieve it. Yeah, the speed was really neat, and we'll get into that in the interview. But right now, I think I want to hear something from 360 Connects. I haven't had my fill for today. <laughs> Well, Adam, we're doing all sorts of things with clients to live our mission, which is to create fewer ruined days for customers. We're offering training packages, workshops, keynotes, and virtual events like webinars and more. We'd be thrilled to talk to listeners of Crack the Customer Code about what we can do for their organization. They can find us at 360connects.com or check out some webinars at cxwebinar.com. And if you would like to sponsor our podcast, you can. Please go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor. That is crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor. You know, we talk a lot about kind of the leaders in our space of customer experience and customer service. And I have to say that when it comes to veterans in our space, Joseph Michelli is is one of them. He's done some amazing research. He's written a bunch of books. He gets some really great access to brands that have done it well and are going through things that, you know, they need help with. And they're willing to share that through his, uh, his writing. So it's pretty exciting. He is in the Pantheon. <laughs> he is. Well said. Well said. So let's get right to the good part and hear from Joseph. Joseph Michelli, PhD CSP, is an internationally sought-after speaker, consultant, and best-selling author of business books about companies offering superior customer experiences, such as Starbucks, the Ritz-Carlton, Zappos, and most recently, Mercedes-Benz USA in his newest book, Driven to Delight. We're thrilled to have him here with us today. Hey, Joseph. Welcome. How are you today? It's great to be with you. I'm great. Thank you both. Oh, we're so happy to have you. Yes. All right, well, we're going to jump right in because I absolutely love this book, Driven to Delight. And first of all, before we even get to the book, I'm fascinated by your process. You've written books on some of the biggest brands in the world. And I want to know, how do you identify the brands you want to focus on? And 
What types of research do you do ahead of time to know whose story you want to tell and to determine that there is enough substance for a book? Well, unfortunately, I'm working with a lot of different companies out there. This book got started because the Mercedes-Benz CEO contacted me and said, we're trying to, to move on this journey of customer obsession. And so can you bring with you a couple of your colleagues from other brands you've worked with? So we did a panel discussion with someone from the Ritz-Carlton. We brought somebody over from Zappos uh, in the senior leadership. And we had a panel discussion with the leaders over at Mercedes-Benz and started to benchmark where they might take the organization in their transformational journey. And it was from there that I started doing consulting for them. And, you know, there are many of my consulting clients who will never make a book. That's pretty clear. But the ones that do tend to commit both to their employees as well as to the customers, they tend to be multi-year in their journey. And they are all in at the C-suite level. So those are the books that I tend to write. And you get pretty amazing access to these companies. And how do you convince them that this is a great thing to do for research and also to share the knowledge and sometimes, frankly, the challenges and the pain around some sort of transformation like this. So how how are you able to really gain that access to these companies. I remember pinching myself right after I did a Zappos book and I was talking to Tony Shea and I said, Tony, you really sure we want to say all of this stuff? I mean, shouldn't you <laughs> kind of like hold some of this back, you know, <laughs> the competition's reading too, you know? Right, right. And he said, you know, I'm really comfortable sharing it because A, it reflects well on our brand, B, it holds us to a higher standard, and C, if everybody could do it, then no one would need a book about it, right? I mean, it really right. does require a kind of dogged execution that few brands actually, you know, get themselves to. So uh, that's why I think the brands let us do it. And, and after a while, you know, it's, you guys know well that in our business, if you take care of people, they take care of you. And so brands have been very kind to me in their marketing support as well. That's, that's fantastic. And it's fantastic for readers of your books. <laughs> so. <laughs> exactly. It is. It's a big brochure is what it is. And I'm kind of glad about that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about the newest book, Driven to Delight, Delivering World-Class Customer Service, the Mercedes-Benz Way. And I think a lot of people who don't follow the company might not know that Mercedes-Benz was facing a bit of a customer experience crisis a few years back. So lay out the problem statement. What was Mercedes-Benz and its leadership team facing? Okay, the brand promise is best or nothing. Uh, if you look at what they do on the innovation space, they're the ones who created the auto modern automobile. If you look at what they do in the marketing space, they could lay claim to being best or nothing in those spaces. If you even looked at how well they treated employees as a fortune, uh, you know, fortune company's best place to work, they could lay claim to being among the best or nothing in the kinds of environment they create. But they certainly could not have claimed to be best or nothing in the delivery of a customer experience, particularly a consistent one across dealerships and the U.S. So why was that? Where, where were the challenges? Well, what your greatest strengths are your greatest weaknesses, I suspect. And if you look at them, <laughs> they were so product focused. I mean, obsessed with details of products. They're just such engineering wonks when it came to precision in automotive. And I think the more you do that, the more you become distant from your customer. Not that, you know, they aren't delivering products that customers want, but they weren't delivering experiences that customers wanted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, you see that in any industry that has a technical co component of, the, you know, when, when the engineers start running customer experience, you're in trouble, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> look at Apple. I mean, Apple, Steve Jobs was the guy who said, look, we can put all kinds of bells and whistles on some of this stuff, but if customers don't want it, it isn't innovation. Right, 
Right. So how did you connect those dots with them? How did you help them see that, you know, the product details are great, but details in the experience are just as important? I think you leverage off of people's strengths and bank them off to the right. You know, if people came into Nordstrom's with uh, $125,000 waving above their head, uh, <laughs> you know what would happen. I mean, I've seen some of your writings about the kinds of things that are get delivered uh, in various brands. But, you know, I, I just know people have been tripping over themselves. You'd have a product concierge, you'd have a customer concierge coming to someone's house and looking at their wardrobe to help you spend that $125,000 at Nordstrom's. But people were walking into Mercedes dealers every single day with that ostensibly available to uh, to purchase, and they were getting treated to maybe a curried cup of coffee or something, but it really, (laughs) there was no mindset that said... I, my job is to delight this human being. And if we sell a car, great. If not, we may sell one some other day, mm-hmm. but let's leave them out of here feeling as though they've been touched by a great brand who cared about them. That's awesome. And that continues throughout their journey of ownership, right? I mean, that's part of what they're trying to weave into the entire experience of owning one of their vehicles as well, not just Absolutely. purchasing. Absolutely. The driving experience all the way through. And you know, the hard part about them and and a lot of franchise or distribution type brands face it as well. The people who are delivering the experience are actually hired and paid for by dealers. So Mm -hmm. Mercedes-Benz per se does not actually pay the people who deliver the service experience on behalf of the brand. So it was very much an influence game on how do we win the hearts and minds of the people so that they feel the urgency necessary. And I know you guys are great at training to how to help people become that very obsessed customer focused entity. But in brands like Mercedes, it's just so hard to get leverage when you're having to work through a dealer community of independent businesses. Well, and I think that's a great point. And it's something that a lot of organizations have a similar challenge where the leadership structure, the the way that the business is organized, you don't necessarily have uh, the traditional boss employee relationship. You have people who are considered independent business owners in some cases. And yes, they have your brand and they're the brand to the customers, but it's not like, you know, Mr. Boss Man can come over and say, do it, do it my way. And so how did Mercedes Benz really tackle that? Because I, according to what I understand, Steve Cannon and the leadership team had to realign 31,600 people, 99.5% of whom didn't work for them and still don't. And so what are the ways that they were able to influence that behavior and get what they wanted to out of that experience when they really didn't have that, you know, Uh, control in many ways. Well, I think there's two levels. The leaders, the actual owners of those businesses out there had to buy into the notion that there was money behind it. Because in Mm -hmm. all due respect, and as much as we all love the warm, touchy-feely of (laughs) let's make people's lives better, um, in reality, unless you can move the needle financially, these people are making plenty of money. Why should I really exert much energy to improve the experience I'm delivering? So there was a business case that really needed to be made. And that was made both on the churn that was going on to other businesses, particularly companies like Lexus, which were, you know, from an engineering perspective, the, the people at Mercedes may say, not exactly like us, but, you know, <laughs> good enough for the customer. I mean, right. I, I'm not sophisticated enough to really probably tell some of that. And But people did know how they were being treated. And Lexus was born to create customer experiences. They'd done a customer manifesto. Their buildings all looked the same. They had a really stronger product on the customer experience side. So I think what you're seeing is that Mercedes was able to show we have competitors who are doing this and are challenging us. There are disruptors like Tesla that have created an entirely different retail experience. So if we don't 
change what we're doing, we will not be as successful as we are, irrespective of how great our product is. So I think that was the business case. And, and then beyond the business case, you have to get to the hearts and minds of the next level of leaders within the organization, not the people who own it or the managers, but the de facto leaders. So they mobilized customer champions at every location, and those champions were knitted together. They listened to podcasts like yours uh, so that they could learn more about how to do it and how to inspire the rest of the people in the organization to do it. And they were held accountable and, and uh, they had challenges. And it was a very exciting network of people inside the dealerships who made it come alive in the building. Mm-hmm. And, and the hearts and minds is absolutely critical to that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I come from a franchising background. I just I know how difficult that can be. And as you said, explaining the why, not just making it a dictate. And that seems to be what they did, making that business case for why they must change. And that's just really amazing how they how well they executed and really in such a short period of time, it seems like. So you're talking about a few years here, right? Yeah, I think it was an incredibly fast transition. But, you know, the amount of commitment that this organization brought to it is proportional to the speed with which they achieved it. I, I, I think that, you know, all that they are great and why we think of them as great. They just applied that to this focus. And as a result of that, they executed. Well, let's uh, switch gears a little bit here because one chapter I loved was building the map. And I found it powerful how the executives at Mercedes-Benz understood that they needed to commit to long-term change process to bridge that chasm between where they were and where they wanted to be. And you know, it, t- it takes a leadership, and it, as you mentioned in the book, a willingness to shun the culture of quarterly results. And that is really an increasingly rare form of courage nowadays. So why do you think Mercedes-Benz was able to commit to that long-term improvement strategy and to invest in tomorrow when so many other companies are not? Well, first, I'm just marveling that you say that I said that. that that's actually better than anything I've said. So thank you for, <laughs> thank you for saying it in such elegant terms and giving me credit. I like that. Um, you know, I think that, that the issue here was when they went off-site to start doing their SWOT analyses for their customer experience journey, um, I think they did it in a way that was different. And a couple of things they, they do that a lot of companies don't do, they understood that to get what they wanted, they had to give up some things. So a lot of businesses just put more and more on the backs of the people who have to execute operations. But Mercedes said, okay, if we're really going to deliver world-class customer experiences and delight our customers, we can't keep doing a bunch of stuff right now that is getting in our way and costing us money because we need that money for those applications. So that awareness of getting rid of and shedding some of the burdenous stuff, that was important. And then the second piece really was they made that map visual. So not only did they map it out in word form and then try to move hearts and minds by telling a compelling verbal story, they also created a visual that they could pony out to people who were visual learners. They could create a multi-sensory learning environment. And generally, I thought they they communicated and hit that over and over again and then used other visual assets like videos to to really hit the emotional cord. And that's what did it in the end. I think it's so interesting this this time in business that we're in, especially around experience and designing experiences, because for so long in education, for instance, we've been kind of identifying like, hey, kids learn differently. They internalize differently. And that's how you really... Uh, you know, are able to use that information that you gather. And I think now we're learning in business, like we have to apply that to business, to grownups. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think we also are learning some of the collaborative technologies that education mm-hmm. has helped us get to a, a, away from just putting everybody through the same size fits all education and also making sure that we do collaborative work. And I saw in Mercedes, we did all of that as well. We did a lot of experiential le- learning, saturating people inside of immersive environments. We did a lot of team-based learning. 
So all of those things are critical and thank goodness business is coming to, to age. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and actually understanding like emotion is not a dirty word like that. You know, this is part of the experience too, because it's not just about those quarterly results. It's about something bigger. And uh, I think that's that's woven very much into the story of Mercedes-Benz. So it's really fascinating. Yeah, and I think of it in simple terms. You guys uh, did an article, one or the other of you, about how you know you need to nail service, right, in order mm-hmm. to have customer experiences. So for me, service is this operational, and it's a cognitive, intellectual thing. I'm satisfied more than I'm dissatisfied. Um, but for me, experience truly is that next level up. And you shouldn't really focus on creating experiences unless you nail service. But mm-hmm. assuming you're taking care of the, the pain points and removing the dissatisfiers, then it's time to go for the emotion. Because if you don't build an emotional connection with your customer, you don't have a relationship and they are prone to being picked off by somebody who offers them a coupon. So as far as I'm concerned, it is about the emotion of your people and of about the people they serve. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think for our listeners and for people who are really, uh, you know, leading up organizations or in some cases we've got leaders kind of within organizations trying to make change from inside the walls. And what are a few of the best takeaways that our listeners can take from the Mercedes-Benz story and driven to delight? Well, I think in addition to the notion that you do have to create a compelling visual uh, starting point, I think you do have to map out the customer journey. If you don't have a customer journey map, you should think about creating one. Let's look at the journey from the customer's perspective. If you have a map, make sure that everyone in your organization has line of sight into that map. So reduce the complexity if it's too complex so that everyone understands what they can do tomorrow to make it happen. I think you have to figure out ways to show people that their voice matters. So you're going to have to find avenues to listen to your people and listen to the customer, develop barely sophisticated customer listening tools and loop the information you get back for immediate resolution of customer needs as well as process fixes. And today you better have some great technology to make customer satisfaction happen at the ease of interaction level. So make sure you have plenty of nice technology that your people can play well with. Awesome. Excellent. Well, Joseph, this has been fabulous. Thank you so much. And Driven Delay is just a great book. Uh, tell us a little bit about where people can find you on the internet. Uh, it's josephmichelli.com, J-O-S-E-P-H-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-I.com. Excellent. We will make sure that is in the show notes. Thanks again, Joseph. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Jeannie. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed episode 94 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes. Subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. And don't forget to sign up for a free trial of audible.com just for listeners of this podcast at audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters. Sign up for our exclusive and free customer experience webinars at cxwebinar.com. And I'm Adam Tabord. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.